Alright, Charlotte, what's up? It's your boy Lim Houston on the microphone again. It's the podcast known as Nosy. And again, I love all kinds of topics, but we are going to talk about child learning and develop development. And I have my special guest, Les- Leslie Knowles. Say what's up. What's up? Louder. What's up? <laughs> there we go. A little bit more fun. Okay. Alright, Leslie, so... This podcast is typically 20 to 30 minutes. I always try to keep it 30 minutes or less because I've self-diagnosed myself with ADD. And when I listen to podcasts, I don't want to hear a bunch of mumble jumble. So direct to the point. One, two, three. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So give, give me your background. What, what have you done professionally and what do you do? Or, or just give us your background. Okay. Well, I'm certified teacher and special ed teacher. My passion area has been special ed. My first job was in Fairfax County, Virginia, so I was blessed with the opportunity that every Monday you could go to get trained in different programs. And the hardest thing to do is to teach a learning disabled child to read, but the most important. So every Monday I would go and get trained in a different program. And still couldn't do it, still couldn't do it. And then I was approached by a parent of one of my students and they asked me if they paid for this particular reading program that I use called Linda Mood Bell. Linda Mood Bell. And it's super expensive and so they asked me, hey, if we pay for you, will you go? Mm-hmm. And I did and loved it. And I left that training saying, I can do this now. I can. And I went back to school, and just in a couple months, these kids that I struggled with for a long time were reading like crazy. So, wow, that's great. Yeah, they went crazy on fire, and then those same parents got together and sent me to California, to wow. Disneyland, to get tra- trained some more for their national conference. You got the hookup. Yeah, you got the hookup. <laughs> so that was in 19... 19- I'm going to age myself now, but that was in 1994. 94? Yes. I think I was just getting out of high school. Not, like. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not that old. Yes, yeah, so that was a, such a blessing, and it's really shaped my career to this point. So it's amazing that, what, over about basically 25 years later, those same techniques are applicable oh, yes. in learning development, and you specialize primarily in dyslexia. Yes. Uh, explain to everybody, like, clearly, what is dyslexia, dyslexia and What's the problem? Uh, dyslexia, basically the mid part of the brain, the corpus callosum, in normal functioning people is, is a gray mass and your brain works in the separate hemispheres. With dyslexia, that corpus callosum acts like a mirror, mm-hmm. so the brain kind of bounces off of each other and so it makes it very difficult for them to read which is why when they say see the word saw they're going to say it as was and they see all these reversals oh. because the brain is bouncing off of each other and so with the program that I use it actually is research validated and does change the brain function to where that corpus callosum becomes more of the gray mass uh-huh. and fixes the problem but yeah, they actually have a center down in uh, South Charlotte the Linda Mubel does so their program, they go four uh, hours a day for six weeks every day, and they do it, you know, really intensely that way. So with me, we do it more of, you know, two, three times a week uh-huh. for an hour. You know, so obviously it takes longer, but it really fits into people's 
worlds differently. And for me also, I have the special ed background. I have trainings in all other programs because every child's different, obviously. So I can pull from what my experience has been because at the center, they just train, you know, college kids to do their program. That's uh-huh. what happens. But So typically, what age can, do you identify a kid having dyslexia or when is it caught usually? Well, now, fortunately now it's getting caught earlier and earlier, but you really, I start seeing a lot, you know, around nine years old is when I get a lot of the calls because at that point they realize that they need help. So that's a good point. So typical kid will start kindergarten at five and then in ninth grade, you're probably around third or fourth grade. That gap in between, what are those type of kids feeling like when they're in the school setting, a classroom setting? I would imagine it would be very, very difficult to, to read, and by the time you get to third or fourth grade, you should have a certain aptitude in reading. Right. And, I mean, they, they are. They're very frustrated. And our school system, it frustrates me because it, they do set it up as they're not going to, help them until they do have that time later but research will tell you the sooner that you get these children the easier it is to change their brain function Mm -hmm. Um, but the school system does let them just get through until they really are desperate so so, excuse me you know cardio funk kind of wears on my voice (laughs) but um so I'm just thinking because the public school system is I want to say that there are so many different challenges, and of course, the teachers took Wednesday off to go march up in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know that they're underpaid. Yes. But it, what can, if it, you have a child, or if it's been identified, or if it, what are some of the signs that you can kind of tell earlier that it's not that your kid is just dumb and doesn't want to try that they really have a learning disability. Right, and that's the issue because re- the reversals and that sort of thing are common. Like, if they, a lot of children reverse the B's and the D's and, and those sorts of letters until second grade. Mm-hmm. So that's a normal thing. So don't get alarmed. And sometimes they'll write their names completely backward, you know, up until that second grade time, which, um, but, and now the school system, you know, they expect them to be reading chapter books in first grade. Right. So, you can kind of tell in first grade if they're if they're struggling reading that doesn't mean that they're dyslexic but if you do notice that they're reversing words a lot and so should you get as a parent that's concerned should you look to hire you at that point or is that too early no well and they say the early, i mean the earlier the better for sure okay yeah and so and when i was teaching in fairfax I didn't get the children until they were in third grade. The system just would not. But a parent, one of the parents had forced outside testing and brought this child in in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So I worked with him in kindergarten. He exited the program by the end of kindergarten. Where when you get them in third grade, they're staying for For pretty much the rest of their career. Because it's hard to undo what they have become accustomed to or what? Right, and their brain is really still (laughs) developing a lot between you know, that kindergarten and third grade. Mm-hmm. Where third grade, their brains are a lot more formed. So I explain it like you're, you're actually, you can actually rewire uh-huh. earlier. Okay. Where when you get them older, you're just kind of patching the holes and yeah. you've got to keep just kind of patching the holes. I got it. Got you. 
So let's go back to you. You've continued, you've, you've worked in the public school system recently, and you recently decided to go more out on your own. Yeah. Um, explain the feelings of being able to go out on your own. For those that don't know, give us your, your name of your company. Uh, Total Tutoring LKN. And that's Lake Norman, if yes. people don't know what LKN <laughs> stands for. So get, give us your story about like why you decided to go ahead and jump out now or within the last year or so and do your thing okay yeah it was uh 2000 and what 15 the end of that school year i did go in back into the school system at that point um and i found myself needing to make more money and i thought about finding a different job that made more money because i couldn't provide for what I needed to. Yeah, because they don't pay shit. Right, they don't pay shit. So, and I, and when I found myself wanting to get a different job, I kept just coming back to, but this is what God wants you to do. Like, this is your calling, this is what you need to do. So, okay, now how are you going to make money at it? And as you know, you were actually a huge inspiration in me having the courage to do it, too, and I asked you a million questions. Uh -huh. um, thank you for that. You're but, welcome. Yeah. Pat on the back to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. And, for, I think it was a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of people might have the same, you have that negative self-talk of, okay, you can't do this, you can't, and you had to just change it and say, you can do this, you can do this, and you know what, you got to just do it one step at a time. Right. And just do something. My thing was, I'm just going to do one thing, whether it be big or small, every single day until I get to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. So it was whether I made a Facebook page, posted on it, did a blog, whatever. I just forced myself to do it until mm -hmm. then it just started rolling. And once it started rolling, it just, it's been rolling really steady at a pace that's been perfect for me. And now pretty much we're just off of word of mouth. So I think it's very important, especially the, for those, there are a lot of people out there that felt like you did. I felt that way, kind of intimidated at the thought of <clears throat> jumping out there. But the key thing that you said is you tried you did incrementally, you did more and more and more. And explain how that builds your confidence. Right. So what would I mean once you see that the fruits of your labor that uh -huh. is working, you do, you do just, and then you'll, of course, experience the more that you see what's working, the more that you do that. And um, I really just have been so blessed in all of it. It's like when I, when a, you do work yourself out of a job in my uh -huh. So you had to, at some point, make a choice when you needed to leave your full-time gig. Oh, yeah. So at what point, how many clients did you have at the time that you said, I'm out? Well, I, I finished that school year, and then, so that summer, I, it didn't, it took me a month to really get rolling to the point that I said, oh, I wow, knew that, I could do it. That's it? Mm-hmm. So I just didn't ever go back. <laughs> Wow. That, for everybody listening, that is really, really fast, by the way. Right. Most people that don't just get an opportunity to, to leave their main job and take off in a month. But that's right. Right. exciting. Was it because after you went ahead and created your Facebook profile, was it word of mouth just spread like wildfire? And how, did, how, how could it do that in a month if you didn't really have too many clients? Well, and it's, I mean, especially in our area, I'm sure... In a lot or, of I'm sorry, that, I don't want to make an assumption. Were you gaining clients while you still had a job and then 
No, uh-uh. no, I didn't even start it until <laughs> <laughs> summer. What? I but I, no. All right, I so just... so explain it. What was what was your magic? My magic. Um. Just knowing people, you're just very well connected. Well, I think number one, what I do is very specialized and much needed. So there's there aren't any, there is nobody else in my area that does what I do. Oh wow! So you got the market right. I mean, well, you could go to the center down in South Charlotte and pay thirty five thousand dollars to do it. Yeah, but. People that live it up where I live, yes, they charge one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and they go for four hours a day every day for six weeks. People, they tell people to like mortgage their homes to, and they do it because it works. So I offer it at a way more affordable price and in the time frame that people can do it in. Right. And so it just works for their money, for their time, for everything. Oh my God, I've done the wrong business, man. (laughs) Plus, I mean, you know, and it really is, it comes down to, you know, being able to, I think for me, I have the ability to connect with children that need what I can offer. Right, because I'm sure you have to be pretty patient. Yeah, somehow I'm very patient in that world. And and I have an easy time connecting with parents, too. Mm -hmm. And so that was a blessing for me. That was going to be my next question is, it, do the parents have a high standard that they hold you accountable to? Or do they not even expect very much because their kid hasn't been able to deliver on much before getting to you? It totally depends on the parents, um, of course. But in my latest one, his child who finally was pulled out to be homeschooled and um, they pretty much were like you know what we've tried everything nobody's been able to help them like we don't expect miracles and I said I can do it I can do it and sure enough in that six month frame I mean he's, he's going to need me for quite a, a long time that's awesome but he's unlocked that ability to know that he can he exploded the code you know he can actually read things now uh-huh. and so for me it's amazing because I I under, imagine it is so frustrating for these children they can't read anything I mean, could you imagine right. not being able to read and then all of a sudden you can read well and how we'll see for people who don't have the money to do that right like there are probably so many underprivileged kids that are out there in our yeah. school system is there anything that can be done for kids that don't have the money to pay Leslie or pay $35,000 to fix something that's fixable? Right. Well, and most of the children that I see and that I work with and with dyslexic children, they need to see things visually. And they also need to associate stories. So using mnemonics for anything that they need to learn. Um, and even if they're trying to learn words, something you can do at home, if you take a word, say the word picture, for example, and you write it on an index card and you want to chunk it in different colors because they need to see, see the different colors and you put, so I would put pick in blue mm-hmm. and the suffix chur in green. Mm-hmm. And the motion of putting your eyes up and so you can see the whites under your eyes Mm -hmm. you know when people are like trying to remember something you're doing it because you're trying to get it out of your long term memory which is in the back of your brain here so that the very same motion helps them get it into their long term memory which obviously is where it needs to be so you want them to do that put their eyes up 
mm-hmm. so you can see the white underneath their eyes. And you cover and uncover that card seven times. They can have it more if they need it, but mm-hmm. do seven. And you hold it up. They're holding their eyes up. You cover, uncover. And then you ask them, what color were the first three letters? What color were the last four letters? Mm-hmm. What letters were green? What letters were blue? Spell it forward. Spell it backward. And they will be able to spell it backward because they have that picture in their right. brain. And they need that visual and that picture and get it into their visual memory, especially for words that don't follow the rules. Right. So that's a, just a fun trick to work. <clears throat> but, it, but it sounds like the actual task of it is, is technical in, in nature and it works, obviously, with what you're doing. But if a person doesn't have the monetary ability to pay you to learn that kind of stuff, is there anything offered in the school system that can train these kids like you can for well, no cost? Or they, no? I mean, well, if they get tested, you know, and if you have a concern, you can get tested through your school system for free. Mm-hmm. You just have to go to your school psychologist and say, I'm concerned and I need them tested. Okay. They have, the school will have 90 days to get it done, working days to get it finished, and then they'll say whether they um, are eligible or not. And if they are, they'll get an IEP which is an individualized education program, and they'll have time with a special education teacher, which is what I was uh-huh. way back when. Okay. Um, and then they all have different programs. What not, I do specifically, what definitely, do. probably not. Okay. But they have other things, like Orton-Gillingham is similar similar to it. Mm-hmm. I much prefer the Linda Mubel, but a lot of the schools do have training in that, but... They're just with a lot of students. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, well, and so what do your typical services cost? Is there a range? Because it, it depends on the individual need of the kid, or how does it work? Well, it, it, and it, it depends. Like, you know, if you're at a, if we had to travel further for you, right. we'll have travel time, that sort of thing. But that, And it does vary upon different things. But the So average, you come to somebody's house. They don't have to come to you. Um, I usually go to their house. Some children are more comfortable in or social settings. Some we, we go to the library. A lot of my tutors meet their children at libraries. Or okay. The older ones, I have math tutors. You know, the high school math tutors. They'll usually meet at Starbucks. Or, okay. Um, wherever that may be, but um, the average cost is fifty dollars an hour. That is it. Yeah. So you're yeah. more than half. A third you're, of a what? A third, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not 105, it's 150. Right. You're a third of the cost of what somebody pays at that center down in South Charlotte. Is it South Charlotte or just in up? It is in South Charlotte. South Charlotte. I'm okay. not exactly sure. I think it might be in Valentine. But. Wow, that's amazing. So I'm assuming that you, you do this because you made mention of it as being something that was a calling for you from your source of divine divinity god yes um so how does that explain a little bit more the feeling that you get when you see your work work the feeling that i get yes um how do i describe that i mean of course it's a great uh, (laughs) sense of satisfaction and i actually do feel that relief for the child too you know because i'm I'm in it with them. Right. I feel their frustration. And so I, I feel like I kind of do feel similar to the, them when we get there. You know, it's like right. that relief and that um, 
great satisfaction of being able to, for them, being able to read, and then for me to be able to do that. And yeah. I do think, like, and I joke, but not really, but I said, I, the gift that God gave me, I'm so, I, I can't imagine a better gift to have other than singing. I would rather <laughs> I like to sing, but, but other you, than you that, you want to belt really out some tunes no. right now? <laughs> I'd have to have some wine first. You have to have some wine first, a little yeah. shot of something. Right. <laughs> yes. All right, well, give everybody the information to share that plan on listening to my podcast because my podcast is dope. Um, yes. Give them all the information and, and probably reiterate it so that if people are trying to write the information down, that they can contact you either by phone, internet, Facebook, tell them. Okay. Uh, my phone number is 704-593-8833. You can call me, text me. I have a um, website. It's called Total Tutoring LKN. Also Facebook, Total Tutoring LKN. Um, or you could email Total Tutoring LKN at gmail.com. Sweet. Yes. Thank right you. on. This was an awesome, awesome it podcast interview with Leslie Knowles. <laughs> uh, Total Tutoring is in the house for show. Yeah. Helping people read. All right. Well, thank you for stopping by. And Charlotte, we are Dizon. Have a great time, y'all. Peace out.